Hello and welcome to the conclusion of the matter. I am Ren Ferguson, one of your co-hosts, and of course, of course, joined with me again, Ryan Weaver. Uh, Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 12, verses 13 and 14, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or evil. Again, we're so thankful that you have come back and hopeful that this will be a beneficial and enjoyable study uh, for you. Uh, Ryan, do you, again, want to introduce what we will be talking about? Yeah, today about? we're going to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, specifically verses 21 and 22. Uh, we're calling this Ascertain, Retain, and Refrain. Um, we're going to look at those verses and, and, and see how we can ascertain, how we can retain, and how we can refrain. Um, I'll go ahead and read uh, verses 21 and 22. Once again, that's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 21 and 22. But test everything, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. So these verses are, are small in word count, but very big mm -hmm. in meaning. Um, and as we typically do, we want to talk about the what? Context. The context. And... You know, at the this is at the end of Paul's uh, first letter to those at Thessalonica, and this is kind of his um, closing remarks. Like, here's what I want you to right. do. I mean, he lists several things. I mean, we pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, um, seek to do good to one another, uh, do not quench the spirit. There's mm -hmm. a list on and on. Yeah, um, I, I always call that rapid fire section. Okay, yeah, yeah. good. I like that because I mean it's just like one right point, after one the point. other. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, so he he's closing out his letter here, and he's giving them in rapid fire, as Ren said. Mm -hmm. Here's what you should focus on, and, and we're focused on the ones found in 21 and 22 today. Yep, uh, he says uh, as you just read. Uh, especially in verse 21 as we're starting there, to test all things. Uh, I guess it's important for us, as always, to define what we're talking about. And I believe some translations, which I think in ESV, some of the newer translations, a little it's easier to understand what he means. But in some of the older ones, it, it's translated as prove, which if you look at that word in the Greek, that definition of it means to discern, scrutinize, examine. And I guess because of the title of this, we could add in ascertain. ascertain yeah. right? uh, to, to distinguish between right and wrong, uh, even as, as Paul said in 2 Timothy 2, so that we might rightly divide the word of truth, being able to ascertain what is right, what is wrong, what applies to us today, what does not apply to us, what needs to be bound, what should not be bound, all sorts of things uh, of that nature. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the uh, the prove aspect is, you know, I, I go back to geometry where you're solving for proofs, didn't like them, but um, you used evidence to do that. And, right. and that's what we're doing here. We're te When we test something, we should take the evidence and say, and you use the word discern, which I've got a couple passages here later where we talk about, you, you determine... Is this good or is this bad? And right. that's what he's talking about. Um, you know, you ascertain from the evidence what is true. Mm -hmm. um, I think it can be a test of of something external, like someone's teachings. Right. But it can also be a test of something internal, like is what I'm participating in okay? Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, yeah. and, and yeah. Um, got a couple passages 
um, the, the internal one, I think, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, Paul says, um, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. And how are you going to do that? Right. You know, you're going to test to see, are, am I really in mm-hmm. Christ by my mm-hmm. life, or is my life not a representation of Christ? Right. Um, so we can test and discern, is this good or is this mm-hmm. bad? And right. then, you know, um, I think you've referred to it in the past in First John chapter 4, where he says, test the spirits, right? right? right. He says, don't, don't believe every spirit. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this in our... Right. Um, Oracles of God context, you know, don't take our word for it. Right. What are you right. supposed to do? Look at the scriptures. Yeah. And I think the Bereans, we always use them as an example, but it's because they're such a great example. Right. Yep. They heard Paul's teachings and they took it to heart. They listened to what he had to say, but then they compared it with the scriptures, which again, talking about context, if we backed up to verse 20, he says, do not despise prophecies, but test everything and hold fast that which is good. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're exactly right. Every aspect of our lives as Christians, we ought to test it. Am I actually in Christ? Am I worshiping properly? Am I living properly? Uh, all all sorts of those those aspects. But I, I, of course, always, I guess in my mind, when I read this, tend to focus more so on what is being taught because I guess what's being taught and what we believe kind of dictates what we end we up do, doing, right? right? Yep. And you pointed out First John 4. That was one of the verses I had in my notes. But uh, there's a great need to test everything because there's all sorts of different doctrines and teachings out there. I know I'm sure you, those of you that attend here are probably getting sick of hearing this, but according to Barrett's Encyclopedia, there's 33,000 30, different yeah churches in it's the world. It's probably gone up since you it probably last looked has, that up. Yeah, I should probably re-research <laughs> re, re, that. Uh, but I mean, thousands upon thousands of churches, and while groups of them fall under the same general categories, within those categories you have subdivisions that differ on certain teachings and all sorts of different things like that. And so it's just a... I don't know, hodgepodge, is that a, is that a good word to yeah, describe it? Yeah. Just a, a complete mess of different teachings and thoughts, and that's why we need we need to test those things. Mm-hmm. And it's an individual responsibility. Right. And the, the interesting thing is you don't need a Ph.D. to do it. Mm-hmm. You don't need a master's degree to do it. You need to read what it says here in the Bible. Right. right? And, and are there things that we may not understand? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, we were just talking about a verse right before we started exa- recording. Exactly. This, we're like, we well, know. we need, yeah. yeah. And, and Peter talks about some, some passages are hard in second Peter chapter three. Right. Yeah. Um, but we can reach out to others that are more, are wiser right. in the scriptures have, you know, studied more. Um, but you don't need a you don't need a specialized degree mm-hmm. to make this dis- right. this discernment or you know to make the the test and determine right. right or wrong. Right, that's exactly right. And and you saying that I think is a good point because I know a lot of times I'll bring up you know Greek definitions. I know you do the same mm-hmm. thing in your lessons. It's not because I'm I'm fluent in Greek. Right. It's yeah. just because I have a, the resource on <laughs> exactly, eSword that we yeah. talked about <clears throat> that I can just pull up and I can say, okay, that's what this word is. That's what it means. It's used this way, and just 
just educating and the reason why we do that is because it's about the context right right? it's we need to know what because sometimes and keep in mind these translations are done by men and sometimes they put a word we're like it's better translated this way um so we do that so we can get you know to to the root of what was really being written or said right right. i think uh, a great example of that is matthew 19 because in that context, and maybe we can do a well, that's a enough, yeah, session on yeah. this in and of itself, but what Christ is dealing with there are the scriptural causes for someone to divorce and remarry. And he says, in the ESV, New King James, he says, except it be for sexual immorality. And I take issue with that because that's a painting with a very broad brush because when you go back and you look at the original Greek, that word is pornea, which means specifically fornication. Mm-hmm. What The word that Christ actually uses there is, I guess, much more specific than how they chose to translate it. Right, and there's even other versions that go even further, right, and they right. just say immorality, which right. could be anything. Anything, yeah. So, if they commit any sin at all, you can divorce and yeah. go marry somebody else. So that's why it's important to yeah. know what the... You know the right. original Greek word meant at right. that time, and that's why we got to test all things. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing as a perfect translation. Correct. No matter what it is, and so my advice to people is always find a translation that you like. Yes, but study it enough to where you know you know the issues that you're going to run into and mm-hmm. the correct way to translate whatever that is, because there are people who will do it intentionally. And I think about that a lot with the false teachers like 1 John 4, uh, 1 Timothy 4, 2 Peter 2, I think. Uh, People who, out of malice and ill intent, whether it be for popularity, whether it be for money, intentionally teach things that they know are Mm -hmm. are not right. And unfortunately, that's the case sometimes with translations. They intentionally change it because what the text actually actually says does not fit their their teaching. Yeah, exactly. And so we got to test it. And so people will do that intentionally. But also that verse that you pointed out um, in Second Peter three and verse sixteen, I think Peter highlights the other side of this because he says that there are things that are difficult to understand, talking about the scriptures, but also specifically mentioning Paul. And he says, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. Mm -hmm. So some people do it intentionally, but some people do it out of ignorance and they don't really know any better. Right, yeah. And so we, no matter... It doesn't matter. Right. We, we, whether the person's doing it on purpose or not, that's why... We got to test everything. Right. Right. I uh, I like Amos um, for multiple reasons. Number one, because he says in Amos chapter 7 when um, they told him to, they called him a seer, and he said, I was not a prophet. Mm-hmm. I was a, not even the son right. of a prophet. I was a herdsman, mm-hmm. but God used me, right? right. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a full-time preacher. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm that part-time preacher, yeah. kind of like I refer to Amos as a, a part-time prophet. That's not right, but you know <laughs> what I mean. He wasn't, right. he, and he didn't have the MB, he didn't have the credentials, right? Right. right. But yet he talks about the plumb line vision, which is, mm-hmm. a plumb line is what? It's a standard, right. and it shows whether the builder is building mm-hmm. 
and on a foundation, which we talked about yes. in our last podcast, is that wall straight. Right. And God put a plumb line against Israel and said, you're not living right. Mm-hmm. And we need to do the same thing. What's our standard? It's not it's, a it's not a physical right. plumb line. It's God's Word, right? Exactly. That's and, John 12, 48. That's what Christ says. Right, yeah. yeah you'll be judged by, by, word. by my words. Yeah. And they're not my words, but... Christ, right. But through the Father told me the words right. to say, right? Um, but I, I want to jump to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14, um, because this is where, you know, uh, the Hebrew writer is talking about how um, some people need of milk continually, right? But he's saying we need to mature onto solid food. Right. And the reason why he says there in verse 14 of chapter 5, but... Solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil, Mm -hmm. right? So it's God's Word and getting into the depths of it that help us determine, am I following the standard or not? And that's where we have to make that, is this good? Is this bad? You know, whether it is the false teaching or it's it's that personal aspect Mm -hmm. of, Am I following God's word? Right, right. And you, you saying that reminded me of what Paul wrote in Philippians 1, 9, and 10. He says, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Having that discernment, having that knowledge, so that we can, as he says, approve what is excellent, but also so that we can be pure and blameless. Right. And, and I used, yeah. I stole one of your verses earlier. Oh, yeah. That was in my notes, so now we're even. Um, exactly. You know, it is something that we have to work at. It's not something that's going to be automatic, right. right? It's something that's learned. You have to you have to study to mm-hmm. learn it. Um, and in Romans chapter twelve, verse two, we always it says, "Do not be conformed to this world." but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And a lot of times we, I don't want to say stop there, but that's the focus. Right. But he says um, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, mm-hmm. what is good and acceptable and perfect. You know, by the renewing of our minds, by putting God's word in our mind daily, right. you know, it's it's that aspect. You know, Peter in First uh, Peter chapter 1, I think, he says, prepare your minds for action. When you go out on a daily basis, prepare your mind for what you might deal with, right? right? right. So um, know what God's Word says so you can make that that judgment that call, yeah. right? And, you know, people got to make a judgment right. call. Is this right or right. wrong? So Yeah. Tests all things. We could probably spend the whole podcast yeah, we just could. on that one. Session. Ascertain. Yeah. We're changing the name of this one. No. Yeah. We'll uh, move on to retain. Retain. Hold fast to that which is good as... as the text says there, at least in some translations. Um, so we test all things. And I think of it as kind of like that common example and illustration that Christ often used. Um, I can't remember where it is off the top of my head, but his parable of the wheat and the tares. Mm-hmm. How all of them will be gathered. And he's, he's, of course, talking about mankind, the judgment. But all of them would be gathered and they would be sifted through and the wheat would be separated from the tares. And you do the same thing even when just harvesting wheat, separating the wheat from the chaff. Right. After you are doing, have done that and have discerned what is right and what is wrong, he says to cling to that which is good, that mm-hmm. which is right. Um, I think that's an interesting point, and I guess in my mind one of the thoughts that that 
I guess, conjured up was the fact that truth is certain. Absolutely. We can, yeah, we can know what truth is. I saw a video not too long ago. I guess it was a few days ago. And I can't remember who the man was or else I would give him credit for this. Uh, But he said there were three types of agnosticism. There's the person that says, I don't know and I don't care. There's the person that says, I don't know, but I wish I did. (laughs) And there is the person that says, I don't know and neither do you. Okay. And I think that third mindset is where a lot of the world is going. Mm -hmm. It's like we just can't know. No matter what you believe, no matter what you think, we just don't know. But You can. Right, exactly. Yeah, there is an absolute truth. It's not relative. You know, a lot of people, to your point, have a relative truth. Truth is what I think it is, Mm -hmm. and that's just not—that's not according to the teachings of of the Bible. Um, This is what I call option one of— You've tested, mm-hmm. you've discerned. Option one is to, is it good? Right. Hold on to it, right? Grasp it. Right. Cling to it. And I think the thought process is there is you cling to it because if you surround yourself with good, is there an opening for any bad? No. No. Now, are you going to be perfect? No. No. But I think if you look at um, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, Verses 5 through 8, he goes through a whole list of virtues to add. All mm-hmm. good stuff, right? Right. right. Knowledge, um, patience, all of those things, and brotherly kindness, love. And he says at the end of that in verse 8, he says, For if you possess these qualities, but, he said, and increasing in measure, mm-hmm. which means you're adding to them, right. you're continuing to study, you're continuing to grow. He said, they will keep you from being ineffective, number one. You don't want to be ineffective in God's service. And number two, unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, it will also say that, and I think it's later in that passage, it will keep you from um, fall. Not, yeah, I think verse 10. What's verse right. 10 say? Are you uh, there? Verse 10, let me let me. Scan it. Uh, yeah. Verse 10. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. And it's not, not that you're going to be perfect. Right. But it gives less opportunity for you to stumble. Mm-hmm. So that's why right. the good needs to be held on to. Right. Guarding guarding our hearts and minds with it. That's what Psalm 119 11? 11. Hidden thy, thy word, word in the heart. Yeah. Thy word have I hidden my, in my heart that I might not sin against you. And we even, a few weeks ago, we've been studying through the life of Christ, and a few weeks ago we looked in in Bible class on the temptations of Christ. And one of the things that's always highlighted is every time he was tempted, he went back to the Scriptures Scriptures, to guard himself against that temptation. And so when we have discerned what is good, we need to hold on to it to your point so that we can guard ourselves against sin. And that's true. Uh, I just want y'all to think about perhaps something that y'all struggle with that you know is an issue for you and think of a verse that you know of that deals specifically with that, whether it be in a positive or negative light, however you want to look at it. And when you face that thing, one thing that always helps me is to think about that verse, to mm-hmm. do exactly what Christ did. Right. Because then you bring your mind back to that, to the, which is where good. it needs to be. Right. right. Exactly. Right. And, um, I mean, in Philippians chapter 4, at the end of that letter, or not quite at the end, but in the last chapter as we know it, he says, um, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, Mm -hmm. if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, 
What's he say? Think on these things, right? Put your mind on these things. And the reason is, he says, he goes on to say, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, put them into practice. Mm -hmm. These things I just told you, and he said, and the God of peace will be with you. Do you want God to be with you? Absolutely. So think on these things, you know, and, and because that's where our focus needs to be. Right. I think there's an old saying, and I might not get it exactly right, but Something like the devil loves idle hands. Idle or hands something is the like devil's that. workshop. Yeah, yeah. That's I it. actually that's almost it. wrote that in my notes, but yeah. I'd be like, ah, well, we won't talk yeah. about that. But okay. but I mean, I think it goes along perfectly with what we're talking about. If we stop putting ourselves and putting our minds on those things that, you know, Philippians four eight, mm-hmm. those things that he talks about there, if we allow our focus to drift and we get distracted with other things, and we're not clinging to that which is good, that's going to open a door for sin to come back into our life. Exactly. You think about the um, the parable of the unclean spirit where it left, but but the person didn't fill their heart right. with good stuff. What right. happened? It came it back. It came back with more, more. with friends, yeah. right? Yeah. So if you purge something bad, but you don't fill up your life with, with good, good yeah. there's a good chance that bad's going to come back and probably it's will bring more worse. bad with yeah. it. So. Right. Um, the other thing I thought of was uh, Colossians chapter 3, um, <clears throat> where in the first two verses, you know, he's talking to those, the, the Christians there at Colossae, and he's, he says, if you've been raised with Christ, and in chapter 2 he talked how they'd been raised with Christ through, bab- you know, mm-hmm. through baptism, uh, coming out of the water. Um, he said, if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Why? Mm-hmm. Once again, it's that focus aspect, right? right? It's that finish line. Mm-hmm. You know, if we let ourselves immediately just came to my mind, you probably can quote it, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, where it uh, says, yeah, cut every... Lay aside every weight and sin which yeah. so easily ensnares us. Exactly. And patience, See, I knew he could quote is... it, guys. <laughs> yeah. Because we're in a race, right? And right. we don't need anything dragging us down. Right. So right. keeping our focus on Christ, on heavenly things, mm-hmm. and not on things on this earth. And don't get me wrong. I mean, we have families, we have jobs, we right. have things that we are responsible for here. It's not saying mm-hmm. totally ignore those, but where's our priority? Right, right. An illustration that always comes to my mind with Colossians 3 is, I think every single one of us is guilty of this. You're driving down the road on the interstate and you see this wacky billboard and so you start looking at it to figure out what it's talking about what it's trying to advertise and then whenever you look back at the road you realize you started to veer oh, into yeah. the other lane yeah. or maybe you went the off the edge of the road help, yeah. but <laughs> but I think that's that same idea when you lose your focus you begin drifting in a Away. direction yeah. you didn't intend right. to go that's a good point yep that's good I like that um but it's that it's our decision again, right? So decision number one is discerning right. whether this is good or bad, mm-hmm. and then if it's good, he tells us to cling to it, cling to it, right? To take hold of it and, and keep it close to you. And mm-hmm. I and I go I, what you said there. Uh, I can't think of it now. Um, I have treasured thy word in my heart that I'm right. Right. Yeah. Um, Psalm one nineteen verse verse eleven. 11. Yeah. Um, you've treasured that word. You've put it in your heart. And it's there to protect you. And that's what the good will do, mm-hmm. right? So we've determined it. Um, 
and we've decided this is good. I'm going to continue on it. Do you have any more passages no, no, for that one? So then, what I had for option option two is refrain. Um, if it's bad, stay away from stay it. Stay away from yeah. it. And 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 it literally says um, abstain from. I'm not in the right passage. That's why I can't find it. It no. said, literally says abstain from every from every form of evil. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because. It doesn't just say abstain from evil, right. but the appearance, the likeness, right. anything, anything that that's could close to it. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not even well. If you put your toe in the water, right. I'm not going to drown. Right. 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 But here it says you shouldn't even yeah. put your toe in the water because you might. Oh, that doesn't feel too bad. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, my whole foot's in, right. my legs are in, and then. Right, the inevitable could yeah. happen, and that's that's what Christ says in Matthew six and verse twenty four. He says, "You cannot serve God and Mammon. You cannot serve two masters. You're either going to hate the one or love the other, or cling to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and Mammon or money, this world, in essence." But the thing is, is is so many people try to do that, and I and I say this all the time. It's like people try to have one foot in the world and one foot in the church, and expect that they're right with God when really they, by trying to make that type of, trying to ride that line, I guess you could say. Compromise. Right. They've yeah. already made their decision and they've mm-hmm. chosen the world. Yep. And that's why we need to abstain from every appearance of it, every form of it, to stay as far away from it as we possibly can. And I think this addresses another issue that is very prevalent with people and and that is the fact that a lot of times we try to get as close to sin without crossing what we think in our minds is the line. But by having that attitude in and of itself, we have already crossed the line because we're trying to get as close to something that we know we should have nothing to do with. Um, abstaining from every form of evil. For those of us that that are already Christians, that means uh, I think about you know Romans six, really the whole chapter, but I'm of course not going to read that <laughs> the whole chapter. Uh, but especially I'll just hone in on verses one and two. It says, "What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it?" And this whole whole chapter, he is talking about how we are to be dead to sin. We are to no longer be slaves of right of of sin, but rather slaves of righteousness. I'll read verses twelve through fourteen also. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness, for sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law but under grace. This whole chapter, and not this only this chapter, but what we're talking about here, First Thessalonians 5, there is to be a huge chasm between us and sin. Yeah, and I think that when you were talking about um, people getting as close as they can or compromising and, right. and trying to do live on both sides of the fence— I thought of um, re- the church of Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3, where it's not the exact same, but the context mm-hmm. is there is that 
He says in verse 15, I know your works, you are neither hot nor cold. They hadn't made a decision, right? right. They were they were straddling the, the proverbial fence there. And his, his response was, would you would that you either cold or hot? He wants he would rather them be cold than to be in the middle, right? right? Yeah. Uh, he, he would rather to them to decision. be hot, obviously, right. but he would rather them be cold than not to make because he's not getting your full commitment, mm-hmm. so you might as right. well not. Right. And he said, I will spew you out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not, to your point, he's not going to accept that. Right. So yeah. Um, you also mentioned people like to get as close as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see this with... Uh, with young, younger, I'm gonna say teenagers and and kids in general, but they uh, teenagers think that they can participate or hang out with people right. that probably aren't the best examples, mm-hmm. and they're not gonna be influenced by it. You know, in First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, Paul is pretty clear about right. it and says that um, don't deceive yourself, do not be deceived. Bad company does what? Corrupts good it, morals. It will corrupt yeah. your morals. It's not a question of it will. Is it possible? He right. said it will. Now it may take over time, time yeah. but it will happen. And Eventually. I think that's the yeah. danger of it. Right. Uh, we can't surround ourselves with sin and then expect ourselves to not give in to it, which is why we have to abstain from every form, every appearance of it. Whenever it shows up, we get out of there. Mm-hmm. That's what I always think about when I I read that verse. First Corinthians chapter ten verse thirteen or no uh, this one. First Corinthians ten I do That's I have I, that one in okay, my notes. Yeah, that, take that one from me too. You go ahead, <laughs> go right ahead. First uh, Corinthians ten and verse thirteen, uh, where he talks about. Well, I got to get over there now. First Corinthians ten and verse thirteen. He says, "No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man." God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Especially that second part of the verse. With every temptation, God will provide a way for us to avoid it, a way for us to overcome it, and he describes it as a way of escape. And I think it is is portraying that idea of fleeing from sin. And I guess in my mind, abstaining is kind of that same yeah, exactly. idea. Avoiding it right. at all costs. Right. Um, I think that's where it becomes our responsibility to recognize those things. Right. I think the verse right above that is the one that the people need to be careful of and the fact that, you know, um, therefore let anyone who thinks he stands take heed lest he, he fall. fall. As soon as you think, oh, there's, I'm not going to have a problem with this. Mm-hmm. That's when you that's have a when you have a problem it. with it. Yeah. So, um, I those two verses kind of go together. Um, right. But um, yeah, I did have that. But I'll let you use ten thirteen since no, I stole no, your other okay. verse. Um, the, I I referenced First Peter chapter one verses thirteen and fourteen where he said preparing your minds for action earlier, mm-hmm. and he says and being sober minded. Um, but then later in that chapter, in in chapter five verses eight and nine, the first part of nine, he says again he says be sober minded. But this time he says, be watchful because the, your adversary, the devil, right. you know, is, is prowling around mm-hmm. you looking whom he may devour. Mm-hmm. So there's a, we've got to be alert. Right. You know, it's not, we can't have our, what, rose-colored right. glasses on yeah. or whatever they say, but you, you got to be alert yeah. and, and and know to discern is this right or wrong. Right. You, you saying that reminded me, of, it's Ephesians 6, 
I don't, I'm not sure if it's exactly verse 10 where he talks about being able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Oh, with the armor of God? Or, yeah. Yeah, the shield of or, faith, probably. I can't remember if it's specifically verse 10 or if he mentions it verses it's, uh, 8 or 9. 11. Oh, verse 11. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where he talks about being able to stand against the wiles of the devil or the, the snares, the schemes mm-hmm. of the devil. And that made me think about that illustration you used earlier about dipping your toe in the water. Mm-hmm. I've never really done any type of animal trapping. I think you have and Chris and others. Would you be willing to put your toe in that trap to see if you could touch the the trigger no, of it without abs- catching your no, foot? No, I wouldn't. No. Absolutely not. No. But that's what a lot of people do with sin. Yeah. They say, let me just kind of touch it yeah. and try to not get trapped by it. I thought you were going—I had a note, and I totally missed it earlier. It was at the beginning of this, of refrain. Why would we want to avoid it? And I had—you won't catch many mice with a trap that has no bait. Right. If the temptation is not there, you're not going to get caught in mm-hmm. it. And you you, you bringing up the trap triggered right. that. And I, yeah. I think sin is referred to as a snare and a trap a lot. Yeah, it is. Because you can get caught in it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right. Uh, and—, and I also always think about the example of Joseph in Genesis 39 whenever he was in Potiphar's house. And if you're familiar with the story, what, what it is is uh, Potiphar's wife wants to sleep with Joseph and she comes to him. I think it's at least as far as it's recorded, she comes to him two times uh, trying to convince him to sleep with her, but he refuses and then... In verse 12, it says she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. Whenever I think about abstaining from every appearance of evil, I always think about Joseph. Because he literally ran left, away from right. Yes, Yeah, he fled. And sometimes that's exactly what we have to do. I know of, of stories that I have heard of uh, other Christians whenever they were younger in school. And they get invited to a party, and they get there, and they realize that these teenage kids are drinking and mm-hmm. all of this other stuff, and they just immediately call their parents to come pick them back right. up, and they leave. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's true. Um, and a good point is is being able to recognize it. That's that ascertain, and right. then making the decision. And right. that's what this is all about, right? Yep. Um, so. I think that uh, I need to give Bill Ritzel credit for that. I think that mousetrap thing was his from a class. I, I, I had that here. I need to give my credit to uh, the person who said yeah. it if I'm using their idea. But um, I think this was a good one. Um, we could probably go on, yeah, but we, we, we want to um, call it probably call it a, uh, a close here. Um, we thank you for listening to us. I mean, we've had international listeners, so we're an international podcast now, yeah. which I think is cool. Um, but anyway, um, you can always reach us at, at our email address, which is on the um, the Anchor, the Anchor site, website. You know. And uh, But remember, ascertain, test, um, and then hold fast to what is good and abstain from, from all yeah. forms of evil. And that is the conclusion, conclusion of, of the matter. matter.